The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. Okay, here we are. Great Kite, episode 74, Thrivecast, boom. In Boom, your face. here we are. We're going to do this. We're going to hit this hard. You guys are in for a delightful show. We're talking not not to, for the first time, possibly not for the second time, maybe the second or third time about the entrepreneurial operating system. It's amazing stuff. You know why? Uh, tell me. Because a lot of firms in Thrival are implementing it, and we're going to be teaching and talking about scaling your accounting firm at Deeper Weekend, October 25th through 27th. And you guys, if you haven't signed up yet, it's going to be an intimate, creative gathering, and we're we're going to probably have to limit the number of people that can come. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, this year, Deeper Weekend, we're totally taking it to to its next level that it needs to get to. Um, so, if you've been to Deeper Weekend in the past, you know how you know how magical a Deeper Weekend can be. You know how you magical. can come away. With magical. Wouldn't magical. you say magical? Yeah, because, I would say magical. I'm saying magical. I'm saying it's the, magical. It's the unicorn. It's the flying unicorn of uh, accounting uh, conferences. So, uh, but yeah, we're taking it. We're, we're doing some new stuff and it's going to be amazing. If you haven't signed up, they can go to thrival.com yeah. and uh, click on the banner and sign up for that, right? That's true. Yeah. And if you go to thrival.com and scroll down, there's an orange banner. You can click that to learn more now. There's actually, you can go, once you click learn more now on that deeper weekend banner, you can go to free guide. There's a free guide tab. Uh-huh. And you know what? They can get a free guide I wrote on three key considerations to scale your accounting firm to actually go ahead and teach you some some concepts of scaling your firm, which is what we're going to talk about at Deeper Weekend. It's going to be awesome. Nice. So so you can get – so if you go to sign up for Deeper Weekend, you can also just get the, uh, the, guide. the scaling guide right on there. Yeah. And that's free. That came out of your brain pan. That's right. My uh, brain pan produced nice. it. And it's so good. It's already it's already helping a lot of people. Uh, and just if, if everybody is not if, – if you, if you think Thrival would be a great community to get support uh, and accountability to scale and grow your firm, you can also come to a monthly intro call where I – just every, every month I do a 30-minute call with people that want to know more about Thrival. And we talk about what Thrival does and how we, how we help people. Perfect. Now, tell me about on, the, the entrepreneurial operating system, the EOS. Um, what got you into, like, what was your, what was your gateway drug into the EOS? Well, you, you know, I think there, there came a point a few years ago when um, I started getting overwhelmed about uh-huh. running companies and firms. And, and I didn't yeah. know why. And I started sensing that I needed a partner. Um, and so okay. I, I, I didn't, and, and that was, that was what I needed. But, um, uh, my partner, Julie, she and I got interested in, in this book called traction because we serve creative design agencies and a lot of them had been using it. And so okay. we read it and we're like, Whoa, this has got a cool system to actually implement how to gain what they call traction uh, in your in your business, so we call okay. we call it implementing traction. I don't know if that's the right mm-hmm. phrase, but okay. uh, that's what we call it. And it's basically to help take. <laughs> it's basically to help uh, rephrase your business and structure it more to help you ga- get a better feel and traction uh, to move. To, to move, move to yeah, move, to move your it. to move your crap forward. Yeah, because if you don't have no traction. You ain't moving nothing forward. That's right. It, that- yeah, that's right. And the passionate part of an entrepreneur sometimes doesn't actually, they can't grasp the traction they need to push their business forward. It's its weird. And so they get overwhelmed. They get confused. They think, I'm stuck. I can't do this anymore. That's how I was feeling. And we implemented traction. And we really, it's a, it's a really awesome plan to move your crap forward. Yeah, move your crap. Okay, so... Uh, within that, so, well, first off, tell me this, didn't you, where does that book rocket fuel come into it? Isn't rocket fuel specifically about being good partners Yeah, and like you got the visionary and you got the, the person who actually does stuff. Isn't that the two? 
that's kind of yeah. Julie's the integrator in our business, and she does a whole lot of stuff. And I'm the visionary, but I have to do stuff too. <laughs> Right. And the rocket fuel book tells you what you have to do, uh, too, because right. she would do everything otherwise. Right. right that's right. Yeah. Okay. But Mark C. Winters wrote the book rocket fuel and it, but it was co-authored by Gina Wickman, who is the okay. author of traction. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we'll have to interview Mark Winters sometime. Um, <laughs> he <and> did. <laughs> we interviewed Gina Wickman, didn't we? No, we interviewed Mark C. Winters. We, are we going to interview Gina Wickman? I don't think so. Why not? Is he passed away? <laughs> no, no, he's just, he's the visionary. And so he doesn't do oh, the so podcast interviews. Do the, so he doesn't do anything. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, we, we are blowing okay. this up. Sorry, so, Gino. I, please do not sue us. We like your book. No, no. Come on the podcast and prove us wrong. That's what I say. Gino Wickman, so, if that is your so, real name. Now, Mike Payton <laughs> is a co-author. We're going to interview Mike Payton today. He's co-author. With Gino Wickman of Get a Grip, which is okay. which is a business fable. It's a tale about implementing okay. EOS, implementing this book traction, and uh -huh. that's that's who we're going to be talking to. But right. what you and, and I wanted end, to well, at the end of that fable, doesn't Gino Wickman push Peyton into a fireplace and cook him for dinner <laughs> yeah. right before the? Isn't that? No, that's a different fable. Prove me wrong, Gino Wickman. Come that's on the a podcast. Fable. No. Sorry, you're about to say something. That is a totally different fable. So, so one thing here's a, there's a foundation to implementing EOS, and it's meetings. The rhythm right. of meetings. Okay, and right there it makes me want to barf because anything that's founded on meetings, I hate meetings. <laughs> so. You gotta, you gotta. Well, you know what? You know what? The, you know what? Um, you know what they would say in EOS. They would say it's because you're doing meetings wrong. Me gotcha. Most meetings in most companies, they say, are ineffective. They don't produce what they're supposed to put, produce, um, and it's because they're just a free for all. Everybody's talking about what right. they want, but actually, the EOS system doesn't do that. It structures the meetings. There's a rhythm to the meetings. There's an agenda to the meetings. You kind of do them with a with a heavy purpose and intention, and actually, they actually get things done. Uh, and they're for the leadership team of the company, uh, but they're they're very effective now. Right, and and this is even comes from from a blog from from Peyton um, that says uh, employees are still stuck in meetings that suck, yeah. and this is sucking the life out of your company. That's right. And so so a lot. So the idea is to not get away from meetings, but to do meetings in a way that. Not not only doesn't suck, but isn't the idea well what? Uh another thing out of the out of the book that I saw, he quoted uh Patrick Lencioni or whatever his yeah. name is uh -huh. that says every meeting should be passionate, intense, exhausting, and never boring. And that that's that's kind of the promised land of meetings, right? Yeah. Well, here here's here's one reason they say meetings are so important. It's because in about a period of 90 days, if if the team, management team, the whole company hasn't come together for, for some reason, things things start to fall apart. People start to get off the page. So same page is a phrase you'll hear in a lot of EOS-type books. Staying okay. on the same page is a key. And meetings are a way to come together and go, where are we? Are we on the same page? Are we working from the same page? Because if we're not... If if people don't do that, if the leaders and the, the the people that own the company are not coming together and staying on the same page, then the meetings don't mean anything because it's it's people going haywire. It's employees all doing what they want, and you can't run a successful company and scale it and grow it if if everybody's just doing what they want to do. And 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 then if you have people doing what they want to do, and then they're having meetings, well, those are going to suck because. Nobody's on the same page. They're not working from the same sheet of music. And so meetings right. always begin by keeping everybody on the same page. That's important part of the right. US. And I and I feel like I feel almost obligated because which which deeper weekend was it that we had the the results only work environment people come? Was that number that was number two, right? I don't know, but that, that was three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a row. while ago. And yeah. and one of the things, yeah. So with the row, the results only work environment people. One of their one of their uh, guideposts for a row is that every meeting is optional, um, which is funny because I think people misinterpret that guidepost 
as don't ever, I don't ever have to go to, a, I'm right. not ever going to go to a meeting ever again, right. which isn't what it says. It says every meeting's optional. And I would say from what I've read about the meeting, uh, the, the meetings that are recommended for EOS is that the whole point of these meetings is that you're going to make them so vital for the effective operation of your business that nobody ever would want to miss them because that you're not going to be able to achieve your results. If results are what you're after, you got to be at this meeting to know what your results are so that you can then achieve those results. Decent. Is that a decent sum up? I think that's a pretty good way to put those together, but I'm just not sure that making the guideposts that all meetings are optional is, is a healthy thing for an entrepreneurial company that is growing because, because most certainly you're going to have team members, especially as you grow and you get bigger, you ultimately start to have team members that may or may not be on the same page with your vision. And so okay. they may not be operating in the same direction that you are, which is a whole other issue, but they may actually call a meeting optional and not come to it when, in fact, they these these meeting pulses, there's a pulse to meetings. Right. They are very important to keep everybody on the same page and focused yeah. and moving uh, in the same direction. So, I okay. mean, for, for our team, we have weekly team meetings and they, right. everybody does need to come, but sometimes they're on vacation or somebody's, you know, at a doctor's appointment and they just can't make it. And, and that's okay. We, those things happen. And so they don't make the meeting. Um, uh-huh. and so in a sense, they're kind of, you know, sometimes they can't always make it because of what's going on in their life and that's fine. But for the most part, yeah, the, the the weekly team meetings are just extremely important to build culture right. and keep everybody on the same page. Right. Well, and I think it was in the book where they said the only two excuses for meeting for missing a meeting is vacation or death. And so, <laughs> so it sounds like you have you you're like or a doctor's appointment, maybe. right? Yeah. So maybe those. Two. So we would Which add a could third lead, one. Could lead to death if it's not you know who knows what. Right. So vacation, death, and then we would say a doctor's appointment would be okay. possibly reasons why you don't have to make the weekly team meeting. <laughs> okay. But let, so let's talk about Pulse though. Okay. So okay. Let, so so again, this is me asking you questions because this is uh, stuff that if you're, if at least you, you're trying to do it, if maybe it's not perfectly in, implemented yep. the way the book says. Yep. So you have a week, so you have a weekly meeting and that weekly meeting, because they talk about this thing called a level 10 meeting, which just means that that by and large, everybody who comes to this meeting is going to rank it a 10 out of a 10 as as far as meetings go. That it was like, that was a kick-ass meeting. I gave it a 10. That's yeah. what a level 10 meeting that, that's right. so is. So is your weekly meeting a level 10 meeting then? Yeah, well, and so that's for the leadership of the company, the level 10 meetings. And okay. so that would be really for just Julie and I, my partner. Oh, okay. Well then, okay. Before you even go further, then what about, you were just talking about a 90 day thing. Are you saying that at minimum you need to meet every 90 day or is there another part of this pulse that includes a special 90 day meeting? Well, I I guess, I guess that's just a component of the book that that what they've, what they've said in the EOS, which I, which I thought was, was pretty amazing is that there's a rhythm to a business. And yeah, in the which book, I like that. Yeah, that's and that's so true. It's so true. But I think the ninety days was just me saying that it the rhythms tend tend to get off. They tend to get off rhythm. Everybody gets off the page within about a ninety day period, maybe faster. Okay. but ninety days is about as long as they've seen that a company can go okay. with it, where everybody's not coming together and making sure okay. their minds are all pointed in the right direction. That's just the rhythm piece. Okay. So, the, so basically the 90 day, cause, cause that's also like every 90 days, that's a quarter of the year. Yep. So you're basically saying that if this was like Lord of the flies, uh, nobody's meeting about anything in 90 days, everybody's going to be in loincloths and spears it's chaos. with like, with with pig heads somewhere, <laughs> it could, right? It could get to that depending on okay. to the company. So, <laughs> or at least it. <laughs> so hopefully, at least loin cause. That's what I'm. <laughs> yeah, at least loin cause. So what I'm saying is the rhythm is huge to meetings. Okay. And so then so they, if you're having these effective meetings once a week, you're going to be so far away from this 90 day. You're right. going to be so locked in that you're not even going to get anywhere near Spears loin cause and severed pig heads. <laughs> Right. And I think here's the thing. I think different companies are going to implement EOS in different ways. We're hearing that and learning that. And so for for Julie and I, we do we have a weekly strategy day Uh where we focus on 
the, the things in the EOS system where we're looking at our issues. So we're meeting weekly about those things. Um, and then we're meeting with our team weekly and keeping them on the same page. Um, and we're going to be having okay. a vision meeting with our team to kind of keep them focused on the vision. So I, I think just a, a there is a healthy rhythm to a business. Uh, for us, it's really weekly. That is the leadership meetings weekly, and then the meeting with the team is weekly. Different companies and firms may implement those things uh, in different ways. And it, okay. with the goal of staying on the same page, that's the key. Gotcha. That's the key is you got to all be know, you got to know you're all pointed and walking in the same direction. And what happens is, uh, and this is what EOS teaches, you tend to get off that page over time. And so there's right. a, there's a rhythm and a regularity to meetings to staying on that page, which is so key to scaling and growing a firm. Gotcha. Okay. So how, give me your reaction to this sentence is that, uh, that one single meeting being the weekly level 10 meeting, one single meeting should eliminate all of the other meetings for employees for that week. Is that, what's your reaction to that? So let's take a quick break for a sponsor. Yes. We've got some and then great sponsors. And then I want you to ask me that question again. Absolutely. The Thrivecast is sponsored by Bill.com. Since 2006, Bill.com has been helping accounting professionals save time, deepen client relationships, and profitably grow their practice. Their cloud bookkeeping solution works with leading software like QuickBooks, making it a perfect fit for any workflow. Learn why Bill.com is endorsed by the American Institute of CPAs and loved by over 50 of the nation's top 100 accounting firms. Follow the link in the show notes to try it for yourself risk-free. Okay, we're back. Greg, ask me the question. I need you to give me your reaction to this sentence that comes from a blog post by Peyton, our guest that we're going to get later on in the show. It says, even better, that one single meeting, meaning the level 10 meeting, eliminates all the other meetings for employees that week. Give me your reaction to that. What's what's your feeling on that? Um, He's probably mentioning a specific part of the EOS system. I'm not exactly sure what he's mentioning, Um, but he, I guess he's basic. Okay. So probably what he's, he's probably saying this. To give you context, it's just in his blog post that's titled, what the heck is a level 10 meeting? Okay. So, So, okay. So he's basically saying there's a whole bunch of meetings that a lot of your management team could all have together. And what's happening is maybe different departments are over here meeting about stuff, but they're not in the room with the other departments that are meeting. And so different departments are now operating off of the page. They're not together. And so he's saying everybody do it together on the same page, have the same level 10 meeting, all, all leadership and management teams. And so what that's meant to do is to eliminate if you follow the agenda and the rhythm correctly, right. is to eliminate all these other side meetings that that everybody has that gets them off the page. Okay, so let's get into this agenda then, because because uh, I think because it seems like this is sort of the I, I mean, if anything, I mean, one of the nice things that I like about from what I from what I'm learning about the uh, EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of room in it to make it personal. And if you're not individualizing it, personalizing it to your firm, you're doing it wrong. So you got to take the time and put in the effort to, to make this make sense for you. But this, uh, this meeting agenda seems pretty uh, formal. Seems like this is, this is the way, the way to run your level 10 meeting. Yeah. Okay. And start. Yeah, and I, I would I would say probably the 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 implementers of EOS would would probably not say you can all implement this the way you want. They would say you need to implement this the way written. But what uh, we're learning is a lot of people do implement it in their own way. Yeah, those are rebels, right. and we talked about them with uh, what's her name with the uh, with the thing. Um, Another guest. (laughs) (laughs) And so so Julie and I probably don't follow this agenda exactly when we have our level 10 meeting because we spend a whole day on strategy and planning. Oh, wait, you spend a whole day? The whole, once a week, how often? Once a week. The whole damn day. (laughs) 
It's a whole strategy. 20% of your business life is strategy. You know what? That's exactly right. And there's actually, we've interviewed a guy before that said about 20% of the time of the leadership should be devoted to strategy in a company. And it's it's wild, all the issues that happen that you have to tackle. So part of what we're doing in our strategy day, now we're not doing EOS that whole time. Part of it is we are trying to find out what are our issues, reviewing our rocks, identifying issues, right. solving those issues and things like that. But we're also doing high-level strategic planning as well about where okay. are we headed? What do we want to do? Uh, what are the things we want to build? And then we'll use that time to do other things like uh, build, okay. build some processes that will that are becoming foundations to our company, uh, t- how to teach those, when to teach those to our team, and things okay. like that. So part of that day is following this level 10 meeting agenda. Or okay. it's intended to, you know, there are days we don't get to it. But again, that's you can you can feel free to implement EOS how you want, I think. But this the book is a good right. guide to do it. You don't you don't have to be an EOS Nazi to still get right. effectiveness out of EOS. Okay. Let's go. let's try to burn through this agenda real quick. Cool. And there's and and let me let me kind of just be the guide through this and 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 you give your color commentary. So first off, the say the thing they say, spend five minutes on what they say is a segue. Other things that I've seen and, and been exposed to is this is just kind of good news. You go around the table, yep. everybody give me some good news. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay, who cares? I don't I don't give a crap about that. Scorecard. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Maybe Peyton will explain that. Rock review. I don't know what a rock is. Maybe you're a landscaper. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that means. So again, maybe Peyton will give us some uh, insight into that. But then the next one, tell tell me about this customer employee headlines. Yeah. Is that how is that different from good news? Because I would assume a customer employee headline is like, hey, I've got this customer and they're doing something amazing. How's that different from good news? I think this is a BS point of <laughs> Of the agenda, no, it's you know really, what they're talking about. Yeah, it's it's really okay. important. I think I think okay. it, what it, what it's meant to do is just to to raise to a high level what's this key customer issue happening right now that's come okay, up so, since our last level ten meeting, and okay, and what's an employee issue that's happening, and it could be a good thing, um, it, it could be a, uh, a you know a thing you got to handle, an issue you got to handle, um, you know probably. Probably the customer and employee headlines, Julie and I handle daily. Okay. I we we and I would imagine most people in small firms like ours, we got nine people, have to handle that stuff daily or it really gets off track fast. Okay. So those are so uh, customer employee headlines are maybe like, okay, this thing blew up this week. Is that kind of, yeah. is that maybe a headline? What's yeah. another idea of a headline? What's well, an employee headline? Well, is an employee headline could be, Hey, she, she killed the, she killed the response to that client about the tax return. It was so awesome. Uh, and we'll want to go okay. post in our private Yammer, uh, room, for, you know, our private Yammer, you know, office communication tool that we use that, and praise her. She did an awesome thing, and we'll just want to do a praise for the team or something. That might be one okay. issue or, or one example of what that is. Okay, so so headlines, just like in a newspaper, headlines. There's good news stuff. There's bad news yep. stuff, and so so you take both of those things together. Yep. Mm-hmm. The ne- okay, so that's another. So all these things are the 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 opening good news is supposed to take about five minutes. A review of your scorecard takes five minutes. A rock review takes five minutes. These headlines are supposed to take five minutes, and then a to do list. And tell me if I got this right, because what I understand is that is that every one of these meetings. The kind of the goal and the bulk of the meetings is to create this to-do list. Yes. And a to-do list is a list of items that are specifically assigned to an owner. That And the things on that to-do list are supposed to be accomplished within seven days. So yeah. by the next time you by have the next it, week. So, Okay, so when I'm reviewing my to-do list, we're basically saying we're pulling up the last week's agenda. Say this was the to-do list. You go, Harry, did you do this? Yep. And he goes, yes or no. Yep. Stacy, did you do this? He says yes or no. And it's just brr, burning through that in five minutes to see what got done, and what didn't get done. Yeah, I mean that's how the book's written, you know. But you know, real companies don't necessarily always operate exactly like that, right? So okay, you know, so, so sometimes you'll hit a to-do and you'll go, nobody did it, and it was re- there's really a deeper reason why there's right. There's some some big issue around that to do, and it didn't get happened. Right. So you start talking about that, and so it's probably not five minutes, but that's that's okay. the intent of the EOS system. 
Gotcha. But, but the bulk of, but see, and that's the thing. So again, tell me if I'm wrong about this. Cause the bulk, he, cause it's a 90. I mean, again, if you're going by the formula in the book, it's a 90 minute meeting, right. two thirds of that 60 full minutes of that is on this IDS thing, which is stands for irritable something. No, it's, it's identify. It's, irritable, it's identify, irritable. discuss and solve. I think that's right. Identify, okay. discuss and solve. So it's, basically okay. that's going through your issues list. Right. Which I did, you know what? I did look that up. I did do a mild amount of preparation for today's podcast. Right. And I do see that in my notes, identify, discuss and solve. And that's the bulk of the meeting is to do that stuff. That's right. Because here's, here's what they're saying in, in EOS. And the reason why meetings suck is because a lot of people just start yakking and nothing is ever accomplished. And you know, you've left meetings like that as an employee maybe. And you go, these meetings are so worthless. We're just hearing these people yak about stuff. Nothing gets solved. But if you're following this agenda, everybody is, they, they pull up the issues list, which are just big ideals of things you want to do that are big issues nobody knows how to solve, and they identify what the issue is, but they, uh-huh. they figure it out. They stay, and they figure out what the issue is, and then they solve okay. it. They, they, they right. pick an answer. to, to They want a solution before they're done with that issue. Okay, so identification makes it where you go, okay, this is an – identification is talking about just clarifying an issue, going what is the problem? Right. And, and is this a problem? And then what exactly is it? Because didn't didn't and, and Abraham they, Lincoln say, if you tell me to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend like the whole day sharpening my axe and then just a couple minutes swinging it? It's something like is that. It, that's I, why his upper body strength was not as good <laughs> as maybe I don't George know. Washington. Right. But you know what they're saying about that <laughs> is uh, a lot of people in business, and this is common, and you know any business could do this, is they're going to focus on the symptoms of a problem instead of the root problem. Okay. Wait, the lay identi- it on me with that. The identification is to solving the root problem. And so they uh, give examples okay. in the books, like, you know, one... One employee of an accounting firm owner went and worked with their client who's at a bar, and they were doing the books, but they stayed, and then they drank at the bar and got drunk. Uh-huh. And so then they bring that employee in, and the leaders of the firm blast him, and they get all ticked off. What, what they're talking about is him getting drunk, but he wasn't at work. Uh-huh. So they're they're right. talking about a symptom, and there's really more of okay. a root thing they're supposed to be solving but they're okay. off on this symptom blasting this employee about a behavior that they wish he would not have done when really he could say, I was not at work. And, and right. then they could have this, this discussion about symptoms all day long when there's, there's a visionary-based root cause as to why it upset the firm leaders and why the team should have known that that was not right. Okay, so back it up real quick because we were just talking about the to-do list and you're saying, okay, so even with that, in the real world, your to-do list might not be that simple and and that might have been, here's a task that's supposed to take you seven days and it hasn't even been touched. But even when you go, okay, why didn't that item get touched? It not getting touched is a symptom, uh, Could be. most likely, yeah. to some other uh, issue yeah. that you need to be identifying, discussing, and solving. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. You're supposed so, which is to be talking of, about root issues, not symptoms. Right. Which is sort of this iterative. Pro- it seems like this meeting process is very iterative because you're doing the same thing every week where you're going, okay, you're doing all this stuff to go, what are the issues? We're going to spend 60 minutes and limit it to 60 minutes to go, here's the issues. What are we going to do about it? And what are the actual action steps, the to-do list items, then and assign them to people to get done in the next seven days to come back to it next time. And if you spend 60 minutes trying to identify, discuss, and solve some crap, and at the end of that, you got a to-do list, yep. you go, that's enough work for us to do this week. Let's get that crap done. Exactly. And we'll come back and touch base in a week so we're not off. We don't get off page. Right. Is that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Did I figure right. it out? You did I've good. got it figured out. Yes, I solved entrepreneurial operating system. Like, where's my certificate? The keys have been unlocked. And here's the thing. If you have this regular rhythm with the leadership team that you're going to do every week, you, you don't get as upset if you don't identify all the issues and solve them because you're like, well, we're going to we're meet every Tuesday morning at 9, so we're going to hit right. it anyway. 
and the issues was, oh, well, that's another thing. Don't they talk about that too? Once you get to that identify, discuss, and solve stuff, you kind of have a list of issues and you're supposed to prioritize them saying this is, yes. this is, and well, tell me this, how do you, how, how do you, how do those get prioritized? Because I know a lot of times just in my personal, like just in my day-to-day work, I'll, I'll create a to-do list for myself yeah. and, and I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, this one's the most important one. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll go find, I'll find three of them that I know, oh, I can knock this one off my list in 15 minutes, this one off my list in 10 minutes yeah. and this, you know, and, and it's nice just to feel like small wins kind of stuff. Oh, How yeah. do you, what's your way of prioritizing your issues? Is it, is it we're always going to eat the biggest, is- the most important issue first, or there's some that we're just going to try to get off the list to feel happy? Well, that's a good question. So I'll answer this, and then we'll we have to go to our we have to go to our interview with Mike Payton. Okay, okay, we're we're like deep in this, aren't we? This is good stuff. Deep. It's good. Okay. It's, it's well here. Okay, so here's the issues thing. First of all, it's it's thick. It's this thick. Is thick. It's thick. <laughs> so the first thing you got to be doing is you got to have a place where you're capturing all of your issues, and the EOS system gives you a place for that. Right. Just, just like business intelligence kind of thing. Yeah. There's a, there's a list, there's a list where you're and So Julie and I are talking, we'll go, boom, that's a new issue. Let's put that on our issues list. Bam. Okay. Now, it has okay. everything in EOS has to have a place. That's yeah. key because if not, sure. it stays up in the entrepreneur's head. And so right. we got to get it out and onto a list. So we get it onto an issues list and then, you know, Julie and I will just prioritize those. It's not ask, you know, it's not actually, uh, things that you know that are easiest to do or hardest to do. A lot of times, it's driven by a lot of timing. Like this is the thing that needs to happen before we have that vision meeting with the team, and so we got to right. move that up the issues list and and solve it. So that's kind of how we look at it. So I so I don't know if we solved the entrepreneurial operating system, but you say we unlocked it for our listeners, right? Yeah, I, that's what. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> you kind of said that, but that's. <laughs> So if you listen to this, you I will mean, get yeah, a certificate in the mail. Yeah, you you will. <laughs> no, send, you won't. Send your request for a certificate to Jason Blummer at jasonblummercertificates.net. <laughs> .net. I love it. <laughs> okay. okay. But dude, we got we got so much more to figure out about this. I say we get uh, Peyton on the phone and have him uh, enlighten our brains. Here we go. Thrivecast is sponsored by Canopy Tax. Canopy is easy-to-use practice management and tax resolution software, helping tax professionals across the country run a more efficient and lucrative tax practice. Canopy has also become the go-to tool for quickly obtaining and analyzing IRS transcripts, and they're giving this tool away completely for free forever to all of our listeners. Sign up at canopytax.com thrive. Okay, Greg, we're back with our guest, Mike Payton. He is the author uh, of Get a Grip, co-authored with Gino Wickman. And, of course, a lot of people know Gino Wickman wrote the book Traction. And Mm -hmm. um, Payton is also the visionary uh, of EOS Worldwide, and he is an EOS implementer, too, a professional EOS implementer, and does this work for uh, many companies all around the uh, country. So, Peyton, we just want to first say thanks for coming on the Thrivecast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Very cool. Right Greg, on, Greg. You got yeah. the first kickoff question. I, what is it? I do, and this. Well, this is the thing. I know. I mean, obviously, uh, Peyton, you live in this EOS world all the time, and Jason does as well. I'm more of a neophyte to the whole thing. And <sighs> and actually, even before we started uh, uh, recording, we had a quick conversation about EOS versus traction and and that sort of thing. Would you just take a second to explain like what traction like? Because obviously, I've got some I've got some sneakers on, and my sneakers they got some traction, but I don't think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure EOS doesn't have to do with like the the amount of rubber sole on a tennis shoe for manufacturing companies. So tell me just in a nutshell, what are we talking about when we're talking about traction? That's great. Uh, So EOS stands for the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And it's just a way of operating a business that helps the people who own and run that company gain traction. Right. Attraction is the feeling that everybody in the organization is working together to execute on your vision 
you're you're closing in on what you're trying to accomplish. You're getting everything you want from your business. Your team's working harmoniously. Uh, that's when we use the term traction. That's what we mean. Okay. And uh, and traction requires focus, discipline, and accountability. And traction is also the title of the book that Gino wrote, describing EOS to the world. And so a lot of people use the term traction to describe the system. It's really EOS. So okay. so with that too, like I know, I, I mean, here's something that I know. I you know, every now and then I'll have a day where I'll I'll I turn to my coworker Joe and I'll just be I'll tell him, man, today I feel like I've been doing nothing but just spinning my wheels. Is that kind of where the idea of traction come from? Is that a lot of entrepreneurs they've got this vision, they know where they want to go, but they're just they feel ineffective and that they're just they're they're hammering on the gas, but they're just spinning their wheels and not actually getting anywhere. Is that kind of kind of the what we're trying to get at? You get, you've got it exactly. And another term for that is hitting the ceiling. I hear yeah. a lot of people say, you know, I feel like my business is running me rather than the other way around. Gotcha. Uh, and, uh, and so, yes, it's that feeling of being stuck, of not being in control of your business. You know, okay. the, the typical entrepreneurial experience, quite frankly. Yeah, sure. Well, so, yep. so Peyton, tell us, what what is it? I, what are some specific ways a company knows they need to implement traction? Or sorry, imp, they need to implement EOS to gain you traction. Already, Jason, you already failed the guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying Media. to learn how to say this right. So so what are some what are some key points a company knows they need to implement EOS and it will help them? Well, you know, most entrepreneurial companies are are started with passion. Mm. Um, and enthusiasm and energy and a fearlessness and and this desire to make something great happen in the world. And quite frankly, the point at which you start to lose all of that as an entrepreneur is the point at which your business starts to struggle as well. And so mm. that's just hitting the ceiling. You've been executing for a while. You've got a going concern, but you're not having fun anymore. Things have gotten harder you're not growing as fast as you want. Wow. You're not as profitable as you want. You don't feel like your people get it or or want it as much as you do or really even care. Um, you might you might feel like you're not making enough money for the time, money, and energy you're investing in your business. Um, that's just hitting the ceiling. And you know what happens a lot of times when that begins occurring in an entrepreneurial company is entrepreneurs will try a lot of stuff mm. um, and nothing will stick. And so then they just get deeper and deeper into a funk because they don't have passion. They're not having fun and they're not executing on their vision. And so it's, it's frustrating because, yeah. because passion doesn't continue to scale and run a company to a larger place. Passion doesn't get you there all the way. It can get the company started, but it's not what fuels the further growth and accurate scaling to different levels, right? Yeah, there's a great study called The Evolution and Revolution of Business by an author by the name of Larry Greiner, Dr. Larry Greiner. It's in Harvard Business Review. And he talks about um, how all organizations as they grow encounter periods of evolution where they're growing almost unfettered, but then there's this period of turbulence. And a lot of businesses fail after that first or second period of turbulence, or or, or better case, they flatline and, and, and the owner decides, well, maybe I'm just never supposed to run a business that's got more wow. than eight people or 12 people or 14 people. And in order, and, and the, the study points out the fact that not only well, the stuff that gets you from zero to 10 employees not get you from 10 to 100. It's probably what causes the turbulence in the first place. And so entrepreneurs have to reinvent themselves and reinvent the way they run their companies on a regular basis and do a bunch of stuff differently in order to break through the ceiling and take it to the next wow. level. So that, okay. that's got to be... I mean, entrepreneurs have got to struggle with how that feels. If they had the passion going into it, now they've got to remake themselves somehow. And I mean, do you hear that that just feels wrong? It doesn't feel right. Or it's bending them in a way, that entrepreneur in a way that just doesn't feel. It's like, is it restricting them? Is it giving them structure that they don't want? 
Yes, for sure. I mean, there is a letting go process for an entrepreneur that is difficult. But part of the EOS journey is helping understand that if you're the person who makes all the important decisions in your organization and hires everybody and provides the only valuable feedback to all your employees and crunches every number and so on and so forth, there's only so large you can get before the number of minutes in the day Mm. Don't add up to all the work that needs to be done in your organization. And so you you start to understand where you are the bottleneck repeatedly, and you've got to learn to let go, to delegate and elevate is a term we use all the time, to your unique ability and empower other people to execute on your vision alongside you, with you, and for you so the company takes on a a life and persona of its own. Wow. T- tell us real quick that the elevate and delegate. Am, am I, I? I got that right. The, yes, uh, we actually say delegate and elevate. Okay. Yeah. In that order. Okay. So, t- so that's. I, I mean, just speaking personally, I suck horribly at <laughs> delegation. Um, that that's Uh-oh. like like big time. And so and I want to say we didn't when we interviewed Gina Wickman I swear we talked about this when we talked to him also. No, and we because interviewed I Mark did, Mark Winners of Rocket Fuel. Mark Winners, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and I think we talked about the same thing with him about how bad I suck at <laughs> delegation. <laughs> and that's why this is so interesting to me as I go, tell me tell me what's going to make well, I guess first off, tell me what's going to make me better at delegating other than just the fact that I'm 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 a scared little child. <laughs> and number 2, what does it mean for me to elevate and is that going to bring my passion back when I'm when I'm about ready to just throw my business over a cliff and go become a monk? <laughs> yeah, so so truthfully, about half of that is you and there's some deep psychology there and we're not going to turn this into a little personal therapy. Come on. <laughs> no, that. please don't. So, so you you have to do that work and learn to let go and learn to trust other people. That is about half of it. What we okay. what we teach in EOS, that's actually a nice little segue into EOS proper. And before I go there, I want to say delegate and elevate is a term coined by Dan Sullivan, who runs a business called Strategic Coach. Oh, and Gino Wick yeah. is a longtime Dan Sullivan uh, uh, student, strategic coach participant. And so uh, delegate and elevate. Uh, comes from something Dan talks about a lot, your unique ability, which is what you love to do and are best at, what you were put on the planet to do. And so we teach Delegate and Elevate as a way to help entrepreneurs spend more and more time in Dan Sullivan's term, the unique ability. Mm. And so step one is really understanding what your unique ability is and reckoning with the fact that when you're working in your unique ability, you're making more money, having more fun, more efficient, more productive, more valuable to your business than all the other stuff you feel you have to do and aren't very good at or passionate about, okay? Mm. And so that's about half of it. The other half is you need to have a mechanism in place in your business that facilitates success when you delegate. And Uh. and that is what EOS is. EOS talks, when you implement EOS in your business, what you're doing is you're working to strengthen the six key components of your business. And those six key components are vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. And what I like to do with my clients is I like to illustrate for them that unless they're strong in those six key components, There's a lot of good reasons you're uncomfortable delegating. And the easiest one to share is if you don't feel good about your people component, you don't feel like there's anybody you can hand the important work to Mm. that do it as well as you do. And so that's, you know, to close that loop on delegate and elevate and bring it back to EOS. That's how we talk about this thing. It's half on you and half on your organization to build that mechanism of strength. So six key. So, so Peyton, this, okay. I think, I think this is kind of what I felt about three years ago. I, you know, I was, I was running a couple of companies and, and, and I, I am passionate. So I was running those on a passion, but I started sensing the need that I needed a partner and mm-hmm. I wasn't sure why I didn't know about 
you know, the EOS system or anything like that. But I guess I was just overwhelmed. Um, and you're saying th- that's a sign of needing to implement EOS is when the owner's passion, the entrepreneur's passion just can't do it anymore. Just you, you can't gut it out anymore. You need a system. So you not only need to then as the, the entrepreneur go do the thing you were made to do, but you got to hand it off to a system that's actually ready to hold it and contain it that will move it forward. And and my partner does that. She's like really good at this intentional forward thinking. We, you know, we call it a tractioning process. Uh, and we, we walk through the EOS system. Uh, so it's, so it's not only just, all right, I'm overwhelmed. I'm going to go do only what I want. You got to also hand it off to a system that goes into this, this container that will hold the business and now make it go work. Uh, it's two, it's two parts. It sounds like. Yeah, that's, that's the, the system that helps you go to bed at night, even though you're not connected to every detail in your business, feeling like all your people are on track, like all your scorecard numbers are on track, like the priorities are getting done, like when issues arise, they're being resolved. That's what EOS does for businesses is it brings you that peace of mind that everywhere you look in your organization, people are executing on the vision not just leaving it up to you. Gotcha. Okay, so real quick again, as the neophyte, t- just real quick, would you explain, because I know just in this, in, in with my uh, interface with the EOS uh, documents and things like that, I, the, the idea of a scorecard comes up a lot, uh, but I haven't seen the part that, that defines what exactly the scorecard is. Can you tell me real quickly what that is and and what it's uh, what it's accomplishing? I mean, I'm a, I'm familiar with like the balanced scorecard stuff that was seemed like yep. kind of a fad maybe ten years ago. Is this the same sort of thing? Yeah. So so the scorecard is part of what we teach when we're helping our clients strengthen their data components. Okay. And a data component is a hundred percent strong when you feel like you're running your business on data, nice. on objective information rather than the feelings, egos, or emotions, the, the and gut. vague sensations of greatness and despair <laughs> that so often drive entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Yes. And, and so so what we ask our leadership teams to do the first day we spend with them is most of them are already running their business with some sort of financial discipline. On a monthly or quarterly basis, they're looking at a at a uh, income statement against a budget, determining where they're off track and, and trying to solve those issues, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We want to augment that with a great weekly scorecard that includes five to 15 numbers that gives the leadership team an absolute pulse on the business. Okay, gotcha. So it's basically a dashboard that you're talking about. It's like these are these are the things that we've identified and if these if this data is within this range it means that we're on track. If not, that means that we have got some it. issues that we got to these these are some er, hopefully early indicators that say we're about to die before That's we actually exactly. die or that we're okay. on track. Or that yeah, you're on track. What we talk about is five to 15 leading indicators, preferably activities-based numbers that lead to real results that hit your income statement or some other future state later. And so if you can keep those leading activities-based indicators on track every week, there's less anxiety about how the financials and other end results are going to turn out. So Peyton, I want to ask you something. And this, you said this off, you know, when we were not recording, but (laughs) you said, you have a couple of accounting firms that that are clients of yours that are implementing EOS, and that surprised you a little bit. So, w- Greg and I were curious as to why would you say that? Why would accounting firms not seem to want to implement EOS? Because in our Thrival Network, a lot of firms are doing it. But also, maybe what are some of those leading indicators for an accounting firm? If if you yeah. have a couple of examples, yeah. So. Um Let's talk about the the surprise. So so when I started this work and I was thinking about what an entrepreneurial company really looks and feels like, because EOS was built for entrepreneurs and their leadership teams. These are uh, our clients typically have between 10 and 250 people. They're privately held. They're growth oriented. They're open minded. 
they're nimble, they realize they've got to create value in the world before asking for anything in return. The truth of the matter is, if you want to run your business like an entrepreneurial company, EOS can help you. As you get bigger than 250 people, you start to favor complexity, and EOS is about simplicity. Mm. You start to become uncomfortable with things that are really important in an EOS company, like single point accountability for all the major functions in the business and the most important things that need to get done, where you need one person accountable, not a committee or a group of people or a partnership group or whatever. And so it's that complexity that in my mindset felt like the way a lot of professional services firms run um, that felt like it wouldn't be a great fit. And what I've found with my clients and lots of other professional services firms is those that want to run the business like an entrepreneurial company do great work with EOS. Mm. And those that favor those other things don't. And we are good with that. EOS is not for everybody. It's if it appeals to you and you want to run your business this way, it can help you. So, so basically, let me let me see if I can spell that out um, just so the listeners may know. A lot of accounting firms are partnership based, consensus based among the partnership group or whatever. And an entrepreneurial company, you're going to find typically has a CEO, a COO, has management level teams that look a lot different than most accounting firms are structured. Is that, is that kind of what you're referring to? That is is correct. And consensus will kill you faster than anything else you can do in business. I mean, Uh, you get a team of headstrong people in the room. (laughs) A great organization has a bunch of independent, strong-minded, highly effective leaders in it, and they don't always agree on every issue, problem, challenge, obstacle. And so what we teach is let's disagree and then agree we're going to commit to whatever our team decides we're going to do to solve this issue. And in order to make that work in an organization, you can't make decisions by committee day in and day out. And so that's an essential component of our approach. Wow. Right. So, so then also just to, just to, we, I think Jason loaded his question with a lot, <laughs> with a lot of requests, but, <laughs> but going back to the scorecard, like what, what are some, I guess maybe, and maybe we don't have to be specific to the accounting profession. It'd be great if we could, but, um, but what are some, some of those like leading data points, yeah. maybe something, something that, that, that people, because obviously like profitability, <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a lagging one, but what's something like, what's something that's a surprise that, that you find people are like, uh, shocked that, you know, what's our low hanging fruit with those that people should be grabbing and, and running with? Well, before I go into detail on that, what I want to tell you is you can screw up your data component in two ways, guys. Okay. I mean, started a business 30 years ago, the vast majority of people struggling with data were, were, didn't have enough data. They were flying by the seat of their pants, flying blind, if you will. Okay. And today, what I see more often than that problem is people are drowning in uh, data. Yeah, makes sense. They're looking, at, they're looking at big, you know, mountains of spreadsheets. And, and, you know, what I hear my clients complain about a lot is, whoa, 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 I'm looking at one set of numbers that tells me we ought to step on the gas and one set of numbers that tells me we ought to jam on the brakes. Which set do I believe? Right. So so I have to share with you that this is a deeply personal exercise for every organization. Mm. And there's no de facto set of numbers that are going to be for every company. What is important is the leadership team works together to discover the five to 15 numbers that if they were on a deserted island somewhere and couldn't talk to anybody else in the firm about how things are going, would give them a reasonable sense of what's working and not working in terms of activities-based leading indicators. And so simplest example, let's just say you're trying to grow your firm and you need to win uh, one new significant piece of business every month in order to achieve your growth goals for this year. Yep. Mm -hmm. So what I do with a leadership team is I say, well, what are all the activities in your sales funnel or your sales process that you need to engage in on a regular basis 
to win one new client a week. And we might make a list of those things and you migrate up the sales funnel to those activities. Well, we need to do networking meetings and we need to create opportunities and we had have an initial call. And those are the kind of numbers that get on the scorecards because if you do activities more, you're going to win more new business. So it's nice. Okay. So you stay high level. It's high level data. Yeah. High level, but insight, the data that gives you insight and allows you to predict the future and make better, stronger, faster decisions to keep the actions on track. That'll keep your results on track. And 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 one of the things that 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 I totally dig about what you just talked about, Peyton, is that it like this is not the whole idea that you said that this is intensely individual and personal to any business. It's because it seems like if you were to say, well, yeah, here's here's basically here's a half dozen that everyone should have. There's part of me that that then goes, okay, you know that. It, it kind of sound. It's easy for that to turn into BS, but you're saying no. The whole point of of discovering your scorecard is to make it 100% not BS, and to have you invested in those numbers because you and your team discovered them on your own. Is that yep. kind of what you're saying? That's right. And I I love you to think about it like a sports team. Like pretend you're the coach of the New England Patriots. Yeah. You had a stock scorecard for every position player on your team, that would be wrong because the receivers are working on completely different things than the quarterbacks and the offensive and defensive line. Mm. Uh And so what you've got to imagine if you're building the data, strengthening the data component in your business is how can I individualize that scorecard to the activities that are going to drive results for each unique part of my business and that's the whole data component. Now we're not just talking about a, a leadership team scorecard, but we're talking about what the offensive lineman scorecard right. is like. Yeah. Defense, you know, that's what strengthening the data component is about. Right. And at the leadership team level, you're looking at one, two, or three numbers from each of the groups in your company yeah. that's required to hit on all cylinders for you to achieve your vision. So yeah. So, and if if I was the coach of the New England Patriots, I'd also make sure I got a chief ethics officer because I think that's <laughs> important, specific to that organization. So, ba- so basically, Peyton, the, some of the hard choices for entrepreneurial companies and entrepreneurial firms, because it sounds like we're saying there's a difference between an entrepreneurial accounting firm and a, and a traditional accounting firm possibly, is the hard choices in choosing which data metrics to not look at. That's hard for an entrepreneur. Yes, yes it is. Okay. Yes, so it is. can I jump into another question? I might, what the, what the hell's a rock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so a rock in an EOS <laughs> company. Yeah. A rock in an EOS company is, uh, is a business priority. That's going to take somewhere between a couple of weeks and 90 days to get done. That has a single owner. That terminology uh, comes from a Stephen Covey exercise with a glass cylinder, yep. rocks, pebbles, sand, and water. Your listeners, I'm uh, sure, have seen that oh, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's about prioritizing the truly important versus the urgent. And 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 then Vern Harnish, another business thought leader, popularized the term rocks to describe. Uh, uh, business priorities, and we just use it very comfortably in EOS. Most of our clients love that term. Some don't, but that's what we call a business priority that's going to take about 90 days to complete. Is that the same thing as issues? No, an issue is a problem, challenge, obstacle, or a new idea, a great opportunity, something you're excited about, that you think you might want to prioritize sometime and it goes on your issues list. Once it's prioritized, it becomes either a rock ah. or a to-do, which is a seven-day action item okay. to implement the idea or solve the issue. They become rocks and to-dos. Okay. Right. And we covered and we covered a lot of that uh, that those things about the issues lists and stuff like that when we were talking about the the level 10 meetings earlier in our podcast. Um, the, uh, but, but I also, 
it seems like a lot of this whole thing, going even going just going back to my own, because I, I really am trying to make this just a therapy session for me. <laughs> uh, it because <laughs> it seems like really, and, and I'm, but but for, like 100 for real that the the EOS a lot of what that's doing because because a lot of my fears and a lot of the things that I fail that I, I recognize that I fail to do that I'm not that I need to improve on. When I'm delegating things, because really, if you look at it from a big picture, from a business, w- managing a business is just figuring out how you're delegating stuff and making sure that the crap that you delegated is actually getting done. And the, the EOS is a way to systematically go, it, it, are we communicating the things that are we're delegating to everybody appropriately? And are we getting the feedback to like, are we communicating what needs to be done appropriately? And are we, are we having some feedback as to whether those things are being accomplished effectively? Is that a good way to summarize what the EOS is, is doing? Yes. And, and, and it brings me back to the six key components. So here's what I want to say. If you're an entrepreneur and you've got a vision in your head of what you want to accomplish and what the plan is to go get there, you need to strengthen the six key components so that at the end of the day, everybody in the organization is crystal clear on your vision and aligned around it. They share it. They want to help you achieve it. Mm, Right. You need to implement traction in your organization Get traction, which is focus, discipline, and accountability. All that means is you look around the business and everybody is executing on your vision every day with personal accountability and with the discipline to stay focused on the most important stuff until they push it over the finish line and call it done. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing that happens when we're working with the leadership team is something we call healthy, making the leadership team a more cohesive, functional collaborative, open and honest leadership team, because most of the time, even in reasonably high-performing organizations, those individuals are stronger as contributors than they are as team players. And so we want to create some health so that from there, as goes the leadership team, so goes the rest of the organization. You get to the point where everybody in the company is 100% on board with the vision wanting to execute on it with discipline, accountability, part of a healthy, great culture, and your passion and enthusiasm and energy comes back. Cool. So that's EOS microcosm. Nice. So, so Peyton, so we're running out of time, but let me, um, I, I want to ask, I want to ask about meetings and the, there's, there's a rhythm you guys talk about that a business, an entrepreneurial organization needs some type of rhythm to their meetings uh, and this is stuff Greg and I talked about when we when we recorded our session. But what what is how did you guys discover that, or, or what is the rhythm of meetings that an entrepreneurial company needs? Yeah, we it's uh, it's one of the two tools or disciplines we teach to strengthen the traction component. The first is rocks. The second is what we call meeting pulse, mm. and that pulse has two parts. The first part is to create a 90-day world for the organization, which is where everybody, the leadership team first, comes together, looks back on the last 90 days and learns some lessons, rechecks its vision to make sure everybody's still on the same page, sets a plan for next quarter, including company and individual rocks, and then go executes in the business for the next 90 days. Mm. And that stems from a discovery Gino made that it is just human nature that no matter how aligned you and your teammates are today, 85 to 90 days from now, your rope is beginning to fray. Uh, You're starting hmm. to get pissy with one another. (laughs) You're not as as aligned. That's the discovery. And to the extent that you can come up for air every 90 days and get realigned and get refocused and get clear on your priorities – you're going to be a healthier team. Nice. The second part of the meeting pulse is a weekly meeting pulse where every week you come together for what we call a level 10 meeting, which just keeps your circles connected. It, it helps you make sure the left hand and the right hand know what they're doing. It, it, it helps you keep your scorecard numbers on track, your rocks on track, your customers and employees happy, and it identifies and allows you to prioritize and resolve the inevitable issues that crop up on a weekly basis in an entrepreneurial company 
so you can work together with your fellow leaders to resolve them for the long-term greater good. And mm. that's meeting. Mm. That's it. Okay. This has been Fair. awesome. Fantastic stuff, man. Peyton, thank you so much for for being with us and for enlightening us to all this stuff. It's it's awesome. Happy to help. It was a blast. Thanks so much. Okay, that was awesome. Peyton dropped the bomb, and you know what, Greg? What? He actually answered a lot of the questions you and I had in the part we we were talking about. I know. It's, about EOS. It, it's like he like he knew uh, he knew what we needed. It's, no, like, it's like we knew what he was going to answer. It's a wild. So, I know, wild. If you know what we we have the answers to what you need too, listener. And we're <laughs> and one of the ways that you can find for nine ninety five, you too uh, can have. Oh no, sorry. No, you, oh yeah, like, like yeah. I'm not. I'm not a. It's, it's not. This isn't my tarot card reading. Okay. Uh, 900 number. No, but there, but you can call. There's an intro call once a month for for people. We talked about at the beginning at the top of the show. Yep. Um tell tell me again where where can people go to sign up for the intro call? Yeah, so if you'll there's just a registration link in the show notes and uh, for 30 minutes once a month I just talk to people and show a quick presentation about what Thrival is, the community, how we support and bring accountability to scaling and growing your firm. Speaking of scaling and growing your firm, right? We're going uh-huh. to be talking about that at Deeper Weekend, and a lot of it's based around uh, the EOS system, which this show has been about, and we've had a lot of EOS implementers on the show this year. Um, and so it's it's really the reason why it's because it's a big deal to our members right now. A lot of them are implementing EOS from the book Traction, and we're going to be talking about all of that at Deeper Weekend. There is a link. It's October 25th through 27th. It will mm-hmm. blow your mind. Yep, it will. And uh, yeah, we we uh, we just uh, got to thank some people too. We got to thank Aaron Dowd. Uh, he's our audio engineer. Yep. Uh, thanks for <laughs> this this month particularly. You're putting <laughs> you're putting. I think a lot the of last work. couple months last we've couple actually months, yeah. we, we pushed his skills. So yeah. thank you, Aaron, for what you do. And thank you, Jennifer Blummer. She is our producer and does a lot of work up until the show that guides Greg and I and makes all the the in you know the work with the guests happen and the scheduling and so thank you for the production um and again if you're not ready to come to deeper weekend let me just mention a three key considerations to grow or to scale your accounting firm guide i just wrote it's out it is big and if you want that we mentioned that at the top of the show you can grab that on the deeper weekend site which is yeah go to thrival.com scroll down there's an orange banner click learn more now then you'll come to the deeper weekend site and you'll see a tab that says free guide get that and you can learn how to scale your firm with the free guide and if you need any clarification on any of this stuff please feel free to reach out to me or to jason uh besides jason blummer jason blummer certificates.net how can people get a hold of you (laughs) they can find me probably on twitter (laughs) uh probably thrival cpas is the best place on twitter to reach out and you're going to get some info there how about you greg is there a .net address people can find you uh, people can always find me at www.gregkite.com or anything basically if you, as long as you spell kite with a y instead of an i throw it into the internet and it'll eventually locate me so okay uh, but yeah we'd love to if, if you're having if you need help finding the scaling guide uh figuring out how to sign up for deeper weekend or getting on the intro call uh, reach out we'll help you we'll 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 hold your hand okay so we love you all right thank you listeners for for joining us on this eos journey yep thank you so much we'll see you in a month uh-huh bye-bye